Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Thank you for joining us today. Adoption Now has hit 100,000 downloads. We're so thankful that you tune in every week to get a new adoption story and that you're telling your friends about the show. Don't forget to subscribe to Adoption Now on iTunes, and we'd love for you to submit a review. Today, we have a returning guest joining us, Kim DeBlakehart. She was on December 2016 with her adoption story from Ukraine. She and her husband and daughter brought home a little boy who was abandoned at birth. In the process of his adoption, they found out he had two siblings. They could not adopt them, but they did keep in touch. They brought their little boy home through much difficulty, and Kim wrote an award-winning book called Until We All Come Home. You can find her podcast on iTunes or at adoption-now.com under Kim and John's story. After they adopted Sasha, who they named Jake, they learned that his sister had passed away from tuberculosis. At that time, Kim decided to start an orphan care program called Nourished Hearts in Ukraine. Today, she joins us with more exciting news. She's a busy lady. She has a new book that is a six-week Bible study titled, I Call You Mine. Kim, welcome back. Thank you so much, April. It's so nice to be back. I'm excited about this project you've been working on now. Back in December 2016, we actually talked about it. And so here we are, fast forward almost two years later, and you have completed what your desire was. Tell us about the book. The new book is called I Call You Mine, Embracing God's Gift of Adoption. And it comes from New Hope Publishers to be released on September 10th of 2018. And what it is, It's really filling a hole that I felt there was in the adoption book world. I couldn't find a Bible study. I wanted to do a Bible study on the topic of adoption at my local church, and lo and behold, I couldn't find one. I found some out online for free that were like one day or maybe one week's worth. I found a lot of prayer guides. I did find some great devotionals. But I wanted something that a small group or an individual could go through over the course of a few weeks. And I wanted it to not only talk about our adopting waiting children, but also about the adoption, if you're a person of faith, a Christian, you have experienced by being adopted into God's family. So who is this book for? It's really for anyone that has ever felt a heart tug towards foster care, or adoption. If you have ever felt that little nudge from God on that area, I would say then this book is for you, because there's a lot of similarities between our spiritual redemption and our adopting waiting children. That just can't be denied. No matter how many times I look at it, I see the similarities. Now, it's not exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. But there are so many similarities that I just feel we can't ignore it. I agree with you. I I feel that way even on the show. Every time I tell a story, there's so many similarities and so many stories that go together. And you can see God really having his hand through the whole thing. Talk to us a little bit about week one through week six. What is a person going to expect as they go through this Bible study? Well, in week one, I, I felt like we had to lay foundations. Um, So I talk about Adoption's Foundation, 
And once I really started um, talking about this with God and spending a lot more than normal time in prayer with Him for me, I kept coming back to the word love. And I was kind of pushing back against it because I felt like, well, of course, there's love and adoption. It almost sounded trite. But I wanted to really lay that firm foundation when I started looking at God's adoption of us, there's, there was really no other word that encompassed it. He just had such a great, great love for us that no matter how sinful we were and no matter the level of depravity he found us in, he found us, he picked us up and he took us home and he made us his. And that just that mind picture of what he's done for me resonated within me because if, you know, finding... Sasha, now Jake, um, in that orphanage and in the situation he was in. Um, it just really crossed over to me, and I knew that adoption's foundation had to be that it all begins with love. So the first week, there's five days in each week's study. Um, the first week, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the different kinds of love that are involved. And every day has a personal adoption story from another family. This is a very personal book to me. So these were people that like live right in my area or they used to live in my area. These are people, these are my friends. These are people that I know. Every story that you read in here has been graciously donated as well as we, um, I documented our continuing story with Jake's older half-sister, Svetlana. One of the quotes that you say is, the moment we decide to adopt, we realize our arms are painfully empty. Talk to us about that. I think waiting is really hard, and I don't think I've ever experienced such agony in waiting until I adopted. I mean, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, such sweet agony. Um, you just, the minute you decide, that's when you realize how empty your arms are. That's how empty your heart is. And you're just waiting to fill it with that little person or uh, children. I think that's the moment that I recognized how ready I was for this to happen. And so since that's the moment you decide and you haven't even started the process yet, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's usually years in between that time. And that's a time that we can waste if we're not careful. It's true. And I really think that that's the time to be involved in a preparation of your heart for your adoption as well. Absolutely. I was just talking to a mother who adopted from Nigeria. We're going to have that story on next. And she was telling me all these things that she was going through. And she had a little boy, her biological son. And everything that she was telling me, I was feeling like, this is a lot on your on your little guy. You're going to take him over to Nigeria for a long extended period of time. And weren't you worried and all these things? But then I said, but you must have really loved this little girl that you were matched to, that you were bringing home. And that love is what drives us forward. That love is why we keep going. And you do feel empty. You feel empty to bring that child home. And that's why when adoptions fail or they're disrupted, it's very painful because we are hoping for a child just like through a pregnancy. It is. It is the same thing. And even with pregnancy, both failed adoptions or pregnant, you know, miscarriage or whatever, infertility issues, um, they all are very destructive possibilities during that time. And I, I, I really wanted to encourage um, our, our church 
to make sure we're ready with that wraparound care because our hearts are strangely sensitive at that point and, and, and really wide open to attack. We need to be covering families with a lot of prayer and a lot of fellowship during that time. One of the things you said on the last podcast was during the time of all the difficulty that you had bringing your son home, you felt the church had abandoned you. You felt the church was questioning you. How does this book really address that? Just to encouragement, I try to explain throughout this study the different needs that the normal person that maybe has only briefly for a moment considered adoption but never pursued it so that they could understand too. Because I, you have to try to do, you know, full gamut when you're writing a book, trying to make mm-hmm. it as open as possible to as many people. And so um, I do feel that the church in general is missing out mm-hmm. on all the good things that God has in store for us when we help the vulnerable. So if you're not in this world, there are some things and connections that are being made and hard decisions being made that you're missing out on if you're not an adoptive parent or you're not in foster care in any way. And so from that standpoint of trying to explain all that, of course, with that also comes the explanation of how we need to be there for them as they're going through it. This book sounds like it would be good for anyone, really. I mean, even if you were not going through the adoption process, but if you were a pastor or a church leader, to understand the heart of God about adoption. Well, it's true, and I've been um, watching as, you know, the publisher goes through the different phases, and it's amazing to me that they have my book categorized on Amazon as a salvation theory. Because really, when you think about it, our adoption into God's family is the basis of our faith. Mm -hmm. And I do spend a lot of time going through each week as another layer of what God's adoption meant for us. I like in your book, you said adoption is sacrifice. And I like that because we who have not experienced adoption think of it as this beautiful story. And it is because God adopts us. But we don't see ourselves as small children having a difficult time or God paying a huge price for us or the time he waits for us to come to him. And all of those things are what is happening in children adoption or infant adoption. And so when you really look at it and you say, wow, God sacrificed for me. And we as adoptive parents are learning that we are sacrificing for these little people. It really opens your eyes to the process is being Deeper than just beautiful. Beautiful seems like, oh, it's just, it's fluffy, maybe. Maybe that's a better word. But it's really intense. Yes. Yes, it does. It changes your perspective. I really felt that um, the adoption of our son opened my eyes, not only to the United States, but to the whole world. I feel like now when I look at different issues and when I look at my faith, I'm looking through, well, almost, obviously, not quite, God's perspective. It kind of shifts your perspective up, because I only see in a very finite way. But I definitely have made that correlation between, you know, the adoption of our son and the different issues we've had to do there, and then what God has to deal with on me on a daily basis, you know, which is much greater, I'm sure. And it does. It it shifts your perspective. It it even makes me think, you know, sometimes children come home and they have attachment issues. They don't trust. They have reactive attachment disorder. And I think some of us adults have that with God as well. 
You know, we we don't trust that God's going to come through for us. We don't trust he's a good father. And we start to have some of that behavior, that shutting down, that pushing him out. And so it's made me look at my own life and my my experience with God and realize, wow, I'm not really any better than an adopted child that has difficulties trusting. And so it's helped me have a lot more compassion with my children or helping other families with their children. Yes, yes, exactly. As a matter of fact, that that's something, that's a topic I'm even looking at for either a possible magazine article or, or a book idea even. Um, it's on my list about that correlation between radical attachment disorder and perhaps our own spiritual attachment disorder, because it is that exact same feeling. And you really, I mean, when would you ever think of that unless you were fostering or an adoptive family? You right. wouldn't have put that correlation necessarily together. Right. Kim, you spent a lot of time getting scriptures for this Bible study. What did you learn about the Bible? How did the Bible change for you? I really thought that God's instruction regarding caring for the fatherless kind of ended in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I knew I found the first verse regarding orphans in the book of Exodus. But I didn't realize that the theme really carried through into the New Testament as well. Now, it kind of shifts. It becomes, the the vernacular becomes more vulnerable. You must be like children. Uh, you have been adopted. You are no longer a slave. Um, see how wondrous the love of God is. But it really goes all the way through, I believe it's First John in the Bible. And it's, it's a very clear weaving together of humanity's story with God. It really opened me up to that con- Continuing, I guess that overarching theme of the Bible. And I really see that that theme now is God created us to commune with him. We turned our backs on him. He redeemed us and brought us back into his family because that's all he wanted. That's all he ever wanted from us mm-hmm. was to commune with us, was to have relationship with us. And so now I tell people, well, if you want to know what the overarching theme of the Bible is, it's adoption. I like that your book is six weeks because most of the time it takes a family six weeks to go through a home study. So your book would go right in line with somebody's first start to that process. What I like about it is it brings you back to why you chose adoption. Really, for most of us, it was God leading us this way. And I like the book because during the process, I had a difficult time. There are many things coming at you, uh, difficulties. Your agency might be difficult. You're trying to come up with a lot of money. You might be preparing for travel. You might be trying to figure out what you're going to do with your biological children while you travel. You might be thinking, what are we doing? And people might be questioning you. The church might be confused at why you're taking on another child when you have children already, or maybe you don't have any children and they're saying, oh, well, there's other ways. So many people say things to you and your mind gets all cluttery. That's how I felt. I started the process with this peace in my heart and in the middle of it was such chaos that I really needed a book like this to say, hey, get grounded, get in God's word, keep remembering why you're doing this, have faith, keep praying, and you're teaching people how to do that, how to really dig deep in your heart and find out what God is saying to you through this process. And that that's key, Kim. Yes, and I, I'm so glad that you got that, April. It's so, it's so good to finally be able to talk with people now about the book. 
um, because it's so hard to stop talking about it when you're an author. I mean, every time you write a new book, your family and all your friends get really tired of hearing about mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Right. And then it suddenly comes out, and then it's really everywhere, right? I have been so excited about this book from the time I knew we had a publisher interested. I had to define the six different weeks of the topics that I felt were most important. I was kind of hitting a a blank wall at that point. And then all of a sudden, during a, a time of prayer, God just laid it out for me. Boom, boom, boom. All six weeks came mm-hmm. to me. And I knew it was of God. And from that point on, I have been so excited to share about this book because I, I think it's really filling a gap. It's filling a gap for adoption agencies that want to help their parents get their heart prepared. And it's also for the person that may not have the support group. Maybe, you know, you're in a part of the country or of the world that you don't have a lot of like-minded people with you. Well, guess what? God is like-minded with you. Mm-hmm. And he would love to go through this book with you step by step, verse by verse. He will be there with you. You are not alone. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's been really exciting for me to be able to introduce this now. You and I can say that, right? Because we've gone through the process and we turn around and we can see that God was with us the whole time. It's hard for families. And maybe you're listening right now and you have not brought your child home. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. You're feeling empty. And we are here to say, God is with you. You are not alone. And we know because we did bring home children and it wasn't always a child for me. I thought that I was bringing home and there were deep, deep times of grief. And so if you're there, we just want to say we understand that and continue to have faith that God has the perfect child for you. Kim, what do you hope will be the outcome from this book? It's really my prayer, April, that uh, Christians everywhere will recognize that God has an answer to the world's orphan and unparented children crisis. His answer is us, his people. And I believe that every church can play a crucial role in their community and encourage our brothers and sisters that are already doing the work. Since writing this book, it continues to be my hope that the church will rise up and rise up in a powerful way to answer God's mandate to care for the orphaned and vulnerable children. That's so great. I love that so much. And I'm so glad you joined us today. Before we end the show, you have to give us an update on Nourished Hearts and how your son is doing. Talk to us a little bit about your family. Well, I just loved when um, last year, after the first day of school, uh, Jake came home. He was starting fifth grade, and he said, oh, like that. And Jake's not the one to come and say, Mom, can I talk to you for a while? He'll just keep giving you physical clues, you know, until you kind of pull it out of him. So I knew that I needed to stop what I was doing and said, okay, what happened at school? This is your first day, you know, give me the lowdown. And he said, nobody believes I'm adopted. Really? And I said, really? That's the, that's the worst thing at year to day school. And for some reason that bothered him. That is so but cute. I, I just think, isn't that cute? I just think it's so cool that here we adopted him on the other side of the world. And yet he fits in so well with our family. You know, he's just, at the Blakehort, you know, that nobody believed he was adopted. That is <laughs> so, so cute. he's doing great. He's playing the trumpet now, and he just absolutely loves it. 
He's even downstairs. Sometimes I'll hear him following a YouTube video on how to play a theme song from his favorite superheroes movie or something. You know, it's, it's really fun. And as far as Nurse Hearts, um, we are taking our first group, a very small group, over to Ukraine in October of 18. Uh, we're going to visit our uh, child care center there, as well as the orphanage that um, the church we support there in Ukraine wraps around. Orphanages that are funded by the country that are like the state-run orphanages, they need wraparound care from a church. There's a lot of things that they're not given and that the children aren't provided that churches can. So our organization chose to wrap around a church in Ukraine that can then wrap around those who need the help. It's a really good time for us to strategize and plan together. And uh, we're going for some grants now to help us start some new programs. Hopefully we can give a, a good trial run of and see how they do and share that information with our brothers and sisters. That's really what we're all about. Thank you so much for joining the show. How can someone get a hold of you? Um, my website is kimdeblaycourt.com, and there's also nursedhearts.org. You can also find my author page on Amazon. Make sure you pre-order a copy of I Call You Mine while you're there. And my email is kim at kimdeblaycourt.com. Kind of hard not to get a hold of me. My stuff is plastered everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> I know. I see it everywhere, and I know that this book is going to help a lot of people. Thank you again, Kim, for being on the show. Thank you, April. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook, and remember all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Love you.